I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for being here. And I've started to see some reviews trickle in on the podcast, which has been so lovely and amazing. So thank you so much. I'm so glad that you're enjoying it. I have been connecting with a lot more of you on social media, connecting directly in DMs. A lot of you have been sharing about how certain topics have really resonated with you, specifically the topic of being multi-passionate, not necessarily feeling like you have one linear career path or any other path. It's been really lovely to start to form some dialogue surrounding this topic and not feel so isolated and alone in feeling this way. I also have received some DMs from folks who feel the opposite way, who feel that, you know, doing a handful of things is a little bit too overwhelming for their nervous system. And I just want to articulate that that is completely valid and okay too. In the conversation about being multi-passionate or having a desire to do numerous things over the course of our lifetime in relation to specifically in this conversation career, it doesn't mean that I am, you know, against the idea of one. And in fact, I think that this can fluctuate depending on lifestyle and you know, over time, I'm not saying that at one point in my life, it may, might make more sense for me to do one thing and kind of stick with that. So I definitely don't want anyone who's listening to this who doesn't necessarily resonate with that specific topic to feel like they don't have a place as well and the way that they want to live is not valid because I think it's all valid. And the goal here is to normalize more than one archetype and more than one objective. It's not to shame any one of them. It's simply to create more dialogue around different ways to thrive and different ways to set ourselves up for success, recognizing that we're all built differently and we all have different energetic capabilities and desires and work styles and all the rest. So yeah, I just wanted to quickly touch on that since it's been a big theme and conversations I've been having on social media. I've done some polls just to see where you guys are at. A lot of you feel similarly to me, but there, like I said, are others who don't necessarily, and I think that's completely fine. And one of the conversations that I thought was really interesting that I had Um, on my Instagram stories last week was talking about different ways to set yourself up financially as someone who you know doesn't resonate with one linear path and perhaps would like to be doing little bits of different things because I feel like the narrative surrounding this type of lifestyle is that it's not going to be financially stable and you'll always be kind of struggling and 
I recognize that that is one possibility, but I spoke last week about how whenever I feel like there are two options that are presented to me and I don't like either of them, that's when I start to question whether those are the only two options that exist. And I begin to, again, we talked about this last week, open up to more of an expansive way of thinking and an expansive way of looking at it and wondering if there are any examples of folks who aren't living in these two categories. And the reality is there are so many more than two options for us. And when I say this, I'm talking about, you know, quite often we hear, well, you can either work one job full time and make a solid income and be stable and secure and you won't really have to worry too much about where your paycheck is coming from, etc., Or you can let go of that, have a little bit more freedom, perhaps become an entrepreneur, have a few things on the go, do some freelancing, but you're really going to struggle with money or you're going to burn out because you're going to be working 80 plus hours, so on and so forth. So as soon as I hear these two options presented to me, immediately I begin to wonder whether those really are the only two options. And because I'm relatively new to the entrepreneurship and freelancing space. I wanted to see if any of you are kind of thriving financially so we could help to expand other people in this community and see that those aren't the only two options. So lots of cool ideas that you provided in terms of different income streams. I will probably do a full episode on this in the future, but for now you can see some of the ideas that were shared within this community on my Instagram. And like I said, essentially the idea here isn't to be nosy about what everyone's doing and how they're making money. It's just to open up the conversation. And, you know, if you are someone that is considering freelancing, even, you know, you're thinking of slowly transitioning into more of that type of work, just to see that there are so many options. And yes, it does probably require a little bit more work up front to be open to different options and open up to a different way of working because if you're used to being in one solid position, it's a completely new way of existing. But I just wanted to open up that conversation to show that there are folks who are thriving in this way. And whenever it's up to me, I would like to choose a more expansive way of thinking versus being like, okay, if I'm going to do it this way, if I'm going to be more of a freelancer with multiple things on the go, I'm going to struggle financially for the rest of my life. That just doesn't seem like a very expansive idea of my future. And at the very least, I would love to have even just a neutral perspective of, let's see where this takes me. I'm feeling called to explore this type of lifestyle and, you know, let's see where it goes. I also am often practicing the principle of non-attachment, which means that I'm not necessarily attached to the idea of doing multiple things for the rest of my life. That's where I'm at right now. Who knows what the future will bring and who knows what opportunities will come down my pipeline. But for now, that's where I'm at. And like I said, that practice of non-attachment, of being completely open and willing to experiment and see where life takes me, I find that to be a really joyful way to live for myself. Shifting gears a little bit, 
something that I had mentioned from the beginning of this podcast was that I always wanted to be super open and transparent about my own journey and I've spoken before about how I really feel like we're all collectively kind of going through it together. I was speaking to a friend today and she kind of asked me if I pre-plan these podcast episodes weeks in advance, months in advance, and the answer is no because I really want it to be more of a real-time experience of what I'm going through now because I find that when I can really share what I'm going through and open up about that, it creates a lot more authenticity around that specific topic and also it kind of creates this effect that we're all going on this journey together. So With that said, I always like to be super transparent about my own journey with entrepreneurship since I left a relatively stable job and how that's been shaping up and how that's been looking for me. A couple of months ago, I kind of shifted gears into taking content creation a little bit more seriously in the sense that I could see myself monetizing it and being able to actually support myself through my content creation. And I've spoken before about how there was some shame about this for a while because I thought it was kind of cringy and I couldn't really see myself actually saying out loud that this is what I do for work. But then I started to realize that while content creation is a huge source of joy and creative expression for me, I'm putting just as much effort into it as I would any other job. And as a result, I think that I've gotten to a point with my self-worth that I feel comfortable in saying that I feel that monetizing it is the right direction to go in. And so something that I've been doing the last few weeks has been to start to reach out to some partners. And one thing I've really noticed about my patterning is that quite often when I'm calling something new in, I'm shifting gears, I get this huge burst of energy and confidence and excitement. And then I have this period of kind of waiting. So like I said, I was reaching out to a bunch of partners, feeling really inspired and excited. And this really ties into the conversation we'll be having today about patterns because essentially what I find happens is when I have this period of waiting and I'm feeling called to practice patience, that's when I start to notice my self-doubt, my questioning my self-worth, my comparing myself to other people and wondering whether I'm really worthy of these partnerships and trying to think up all of the ideas and reasons why I can't have them. That's when that starts to creep into my mind in those waiting periods. And what I've really been trying to practice now is this idea of just again, coming back to that non-attachment, you've done what you needed to do and you're in this period of waiting, almost like you've planted your seeds, is just maintaining that self-worth and not allowing the silence and the period of waiting and the not seeing the growth of the seeds immediately to completely crumble my original intention. Because when we operate from this way everything is dependent on external validation and then when that external validation goes away if our self-worth then also plummets it's just a really up and down place to be living from whereas when we cultivate self-worth from within and I talk about this a lot of peeling back those layers of what we've added on to make ourselves feel like we 
can be loved and accepted and approved of, peeling back those layers and finding what's underneath and seeing the inherent sense of self-worth and believing and feeling that regardless of what's going on in the external. So that's a rather long intro to today's episode. We'll be talking all about patterns and learning my patterns has been a really powerful way for me to get in the driver's seat with respect to things like emotional regulation and also with my manifestation practice. It's also really helped me a lot in my relationships and so many different areas of my life as I was able to kind of zoom out and through practicing mindfulness and self-inquiry and self-reflection, look at the ways in which the unconscious patterns in my life were veering me in a certain direction and leading to certain outcomes and I was able to then decide for myself which outcomes no longer aligned and then kind of trace back and do some you know working backwards to see what underlying pattern was producing that outcome. So once again I mentioned this in the last episode I'm not suggesting that if you have anything in your life that you're unhappy with that you are 100% to blame We're talking about the realm of your control. There are so many things that are outside of your control and I want to acknowledge that. But today's conversation is just about the realm that is within your control and what we can do for ourselves to simply interrupt patterns and be able to look at them and see where they're coming from and see whether or not they're producing healthy and joyful and meaningful outcomes for our lives. Why I think this is so important is, at least for me, before having engaged in any kind of self-awareness practice, there were these patterns that were running my life unconsciously. I was not necessarily aware of them that were definitely rooted in places of, you know, hurt or avoidance and a number of different things that, again, it's it's very deeply connected to our survival personality, so the version of ourselves that we created in order to avoid experiences of rejection or abandonment and ultimately receive love and approval and acceptance and do what we needed to do to survive. So it's not to say that these patterns didn't at one point serve us because at some point in our lives, doing what we needed to do to adapt and fit in and receive love from our parents may have actually really aided our survival. But once we get out of those spaces, we continue operating from these same loops, you know, thinking in the same way, behaving in the same way, making the same decisions. We may not even realize it. And it's really not connected to who we are authentically it's not coming from a place of high self-worth and I'll talk a little bit more about what type of patterns I'm referring to at least for myself and the ones that I'm working on but essentially I want to articulate that if at some point we take that time to zoom out and look at our way of thinking and speaking and speaking to ourselves speaking to others making decisions we can like I said, just decide for ourselves whether these patterns are taking us in a direction that we want to go in. And what I'll be talking about in this episode is not necessarily how we can shift those patterns because, of course, if they've been ingrained in us over years and years, it's not necessarily an easy process all of the time. Perhaps it is for some if there's a high level of motivation. 
But what we're going to be talking about today is simply interrupting them. So we're just kind of taking a pause and having that little moment of awareness and deciding whether we want to continue with that pattern and seeing if we can in that moment find the willpower to choose something different for ourselves. I actually had a meditation teacher that explained this really well and I hope this makes sense because I'm not going to get the terminology right. But basically, if you think about your life as a movie and you think about every single frame on like basically a roll of film, meditating creates a little wedge in between the frames so that you can actually take a pause and not just be running on these unconscious patterns of thinking and behaving and you just take a moment and it's almost like you're pausing your movie to be a little bit more intentional and be a little bit more thoughtful about how you want the rest of the movie to look. The lesson that I've learned is essentially that if we want a different outcome, we have to make a different choice. So if we're presented with different opportunities and we think, behave, make decisions in the same way every time, we're more than likely going to have the same output. That just makes sense. Which then of course means that if we don't like the outcome, we have to think, behave, make decisions, act in a different way. I think it's really important to have awareness surrounding two things. The first is the outcome or the destination or the output that you're looking for. And then the second is the fact that the current patterning is not producing that outcome. We all know I'm a fan of analogies around here, so just to provide a little analogy, I like to think of this in terms of imagining that you were on a road trip and you are aware of the final destination, but if you have it perhaps programmed incorrectly into your GPS or you're not following the right directions, you kind of start to look around examine your surroundings and identify that you're not on the right path. Without being aware of the destination, you would have no awareness that you were going in the wrong direction because you don't really have a direction that you're going in. And then without being aware of the fact that the path that you're on now is off course and not leading you to that final destination, you don't take any action to get back on the right path. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that patterns impact so many different areas of our lives. However, today during this episode, I really want to hone in on two because they're, you know, really big topics for me. And we've also been talking a little bit about these topics on this podcast. So we're going to be talking about mental health and also manifestation. And because my mental health journey has had anxiety at the forefront, I'm going to be speaking specifically in relation to that experience. However, you could apply this to so many different types of experiences with your mental health. So I just wanted to provide that kind of little primer that I'm going to be talking about it through that lens. But of course, with whatever it is that you're experiencing, you could reflect on how this could apply to you as well. When it comes to my experience with anxiety, I can zoom out and see some of the deep neural pathways and mental patterns that would create 
anxious thinking and avoidance and just anxious behavior that over time really compounded and formed a large majority of the way that I was showing up. And that's why at one point in my life, I would have identified as an anxious person because all of my patterns were kind of at the root of them was some sort of anxious thought or, you know, fear or worry. I have actually stopped identifying as such because I don't feel that it supports me in any way. I would rather identify as having anxious experiences and we all have the capability to have those. But when I was over identifying with my anxious patterning, it meant that I couldn't really see outside of that for myself. So that's kind of a side note is how we identify with the state that we're in and how that impacts us. And I know that it can bring us some comfort because we can connect with other folks who are experiencing the same thing. But just an invitation to examine the language that you use around your mental health. That's just something that helped me to, you know, realize that I am so much more than that. And while I may have had an anxious experience or numerous anxious experiences, it doesn't mean that that is who I am at the core. So rewinding back to the conversation about patterns and talking about how at one point in my life, my anxious patterns really played such a huge role in every area of my life and how I showed up to every area, the way I was making decisions, you know, everything. What I will say is it didn't take long for these patterns to start to get ingrained in me and I'll be honest in saying that. I think due to the intensity of the experiences that I was having, it just really started to build and grow and compound. So in my case, these anxious patterns formed relatively quickly, but there are also some more insidious patterns that we're going to talk about that form over time and maybe less obvious to us, which we'll talk about in a minute. But for now, I just want to focus on the really intense anxious patterns and how those impacted my life. So I've spoken before about how prior to having my very first panic attack, I had not really experienced anxiety, at least not consciously, and I had never had a panic attack. I would say that when that first panic attack happened, for me personally, it was almost as though the floodgates opened and slowly that began to happen more often. And what happened as a result was I was constantly in a state of fight or flight trying to avoid that experience of panic, which started to really consume my life. I would avoid certain situations and then it began to bleed into almost every area and I was kind of in this panic state all of the time. And what I began to notice and why I'm sharing this is because I realized that of course my environment did play a role, but the way in which I was thinking, I could think myself into a panic attack in that I would start to notice the same sort of thoughts popping up and then it was almost like I couldn't stop them. I knew that it was going to just build and build and I had no tools to be able to interrupt this pattern. If we visualize this panic 
or anxiety as a bell curve. So starting off at the bottom and then slowly building and having a peak and then slowly gradually going back down. What would happen to me is that if I felt any of those warning signs or triggers in my way of thinking, in my environment, in anything, I had no way of bringing myself back down without that whole experience of panic happening. So I would ride that wave of panic almost every time rather than being able to notice the initial feelings, perhaps see some things or experience some things in my environment that have made me anxious or panic in the past and then be able to... Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, kind of bypass that panic attack experience and downregulate. I just really didn't have the tools to do that. So I was just so exhausted because... Everything was a trigger for me, which meant that I was having these mini panic attacks all the time. Another very common thing that can happen with anxiety is that spiraling thinking. You start to, you have one thought perhaps that is anxious or we'll say negative, and then you're unable to kind of reel it back in. I also like to use the visual of a ball of yarn. So if you have a ball of yarn and then slowly it starts to unravel, maybe you have one or two anxious thoughts. Without having a way of interrupting that experience, the whole ball of yarn can just completely unravel and it can happen very quickly. And sometimes it feels like that whole experience is completely out of our control. So when it comes to the outcomes that this type of thinking and this way of being was producing in my life, 
I was avoiding all kinds of situations. I wasn't putting myself in situations that I thought might trigger me even in the slightest, which would be situations that I would be really excited about in the past. So I was really depriving myself of a lot of different experiences. I was just really closing myself off and avoiding, and I just really didn't feel like my usual self. I, you know, there were just so many different things that I stopped doing. So going back to the conversation of kind of recalibrating and recognizing that this pattern was not producing outcomes that were healthy or desirable or joyful for me, and then also trying to take a step back and look at what direction I really wanted to go in. Because at the time, I think a huge source of my anxiety was I felt so lost in my career and in the path that I was on. So it was kind of a twofold experience of number one, looking at the patterns and finding the tools and practices that would help me to interrupt those spiraling thoughts and those panic attacks, which I won't get into because I do have a full episode on those practices. And then on the other hand, it was taking a look at the direction that I was headed in and just recalibrating and getting more in touch with my core values and deciding for myself whether that was the direction that I wanted to be going in. Like I said before, the experience that I had with anxiety came on really quickly. And so, you know, I was feeling anxious all of the time. And that happened only in a period of a few months. And it did take me a while to let go of those patterns and to start to regulate a lot of trial and error to see what worked for me. And then some lifestyle changes. But I just always want to reflect back that it is possible and it's important to celebrate small wins and if you do feel like you're making some progress in your mental health and then maybe you have a bad day, it doesn't mean that you're back to square one. And these are all just messages that I needed to hear when I was in my process and on my journey and slowly building new patterns ways of thinking, ways of regulating that I feel really supported by. Now when I have an anxious experience, which I still do have, I feel really supported by my practices and I don't feel like I have that, you know, bell curve experience of needing to get to that peak of anxiety. If I start to feel these little warning signs, all it means to me is that I need to take a pause need to do some of my, you know, down-regulating practices and maybe I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by something so I can just, you know, take a pause, zoom out a little bit. So I'm using this app and it's all about habit formation and it talks about the importance of knowing your warning signs and, you know, there are different tiers of that. But basically, what are the signs that you're starting to slip off? And then What are the things that you can put in place in order to support yourself getting back on track? And so, for example, how this can apply to something like mental health is just being aware of, okay, I'm starting to notice that I'm having a little bit more anxious thoughts as of recently. I know that sometimes when I start to have anxious thoughts, my self-worth starts to go down because I feel like I'm not making progress. So instead of doing that, how can I interrupt those anxious thoughts support myself, practice self-care, you know, do what I need to do to come back into a place of balance. 
and also telling yourself that it doesn't have to go any further than what it is now just because you're having a few anxious thoughts doesn't mean that it necessarily has to grow into a whole anxious episode even though that may be the pattern that you're used to as I said for me before it was if I'm having these thoughts and I'm starting to pick up on these cues that's it for me I'm going to go back into this whole spiral you know reprogramming that thought in my head that maybe I don't have to have that big episode maybe it can just be a little brief experience and then I can check in with myself again going back to that difference between fear-based or limited thinking that says that if you've experienced something in the past that's all you're ever going to experience in the future and opening up to a more expansive way of thinking that says even though I've never necessarily experienced you know regulating a panic attack and actually not having that full panic experience is it possible that this time maybe that could happen for me maybe I could downregulate, or maybe I could make it a little bit less intense maybe even 10% less intense so now moving into the conversation about manifestation this I find super exciting I love talking about manifestation and manifestation patterning specifically surrounding identifying how we get in our own way. So last week I spoke about when something comes into our awareness that we desire, something that we think would allow us to embody our purpose a little bit more or something that we really just want to experience and have fun with, something new, something that we've been curious about. So when that comes into our conscious awareness and we decide, okay, I would like to call this in, perhaps we write it down. We all have different ways of translating that inspiration into something that is a little bit more concrete in the physical realm. So whatever practice you may have, But from there, going back to my process that I spoke about at the beginning of the episode, what do you do in between? What do you do in that waiting period? And how might the patterns that you are engaging with in relation to whatever it is that you're trying to call in block you from actually being able to receive it? And the list is long, folks. The way that we block ourselves is long. And it's hard to imagine that Anything that we could do mentally could impact our our physical life and our physical, you know, realm. But if you think about it, like let's talk about my experience, right? So one of my manifestations is to have a substantial income from my content creation efforts, to be financially supported and to, you know, be able to do that perhaps on a more full-time basis. So there are a few things that need to happen if I want to materially experience that, which is I need to create content. I need to engage with my community. I need to, you know, perhaps reach out to some partners. There are a whole multitude of actions that I could take in order to make this a reality for myself. But let's say I'm stuck in a pattern of thinking that says, well, you can't do that because you're not good enough or you can't do that because X. I, that stuff really affects the way that we actually behave and the way that we show up, the way that we, you know, censor ourselves to be more acceptable to other people and then that kind of cuts off our authenticity or maybe we just don't even show up at all. So if I have this desire to monetize my content creation and allow that to support me a little bit more, but I never actually allow myself to show up and 
do what I need to do. And it's not to say that, you know, it's always about doing the most hard work and grinding and all of those things. I'm not suggesting that, but oftentimes there's those aligned actions that we can take in order to be able to materially experience whatever it is that we're wanting to call in. It's the reality that we holistically, our thoughts, our behaviors, our actions, who we surround ourselves with, what we consume, that all plays a role in how our lives shape out and what is brought forth into our lives. And so to the extent that we can interrupt and perhaps even work towards eliminating those patterns that are blocking us from being able to show up and creatively express ourselves and take new opportunities that will lead us in the right direction, a term that is quite often used is aligned action. And, you know, to me, that's building up that practice of checking in with ourselves when we are you know, taking certain opportunities, taking action and seeing whether it's coming from a place of our own core values and our own authenticity, or is it to, you know, meet the needs of someone else and their expectations or society's expectations or to receive external validation. So just to recap here for a minute, I feel like I've kind of gone off track a little bit, but that's okay. I want to kind of come back to what we're here to discuss, which is essentially the role that patterns, especially when they're unconscious, can play in our lives and the fact that we can make them conscious by creating awareness around these patterns, looking at the ways that we think and behave and speak and make decisions and act and deciding whether that's taking us in the right direction. We need to be able to clarify the direction that we're going in in order to know whether we're going in the right direction. So practices that can help us really get clear on what it is that we're looking for out of life and that doesn't have to be you know 10 20 years in the future it can be what do i want right now what do i want in the next month or in the next year we talked a little bit about how patterns can show up in our mental health as well as how they can impact the way that we manifest So now I want to talk a little bit about some specific patterns that I have worked over the years to interrupt, still working on them, and it will most likely be an ongoing process because we're always subject to external factors and a lot of the times they can reinforce some of these harmful patterns. And so it's just a practice of coming back to ourselves, pausing, interrupting, and choosing a new one. So We're going to talk a little bit about two types of patterns, personal patterns, so ones that, you know, go on within ourselves, and then interpersonal patterns. And both of those, I think, can play a big role in the outcomes of our lives. So starting with the personal patterns, I had mentioned panic, you know, and the ability to be able to interrupt that experience and regulate it. Another one is smallness and shrinking. So when presented with an opportunity, feeling the need to make ourselves or perhaps justify reasons why we could never experience that, why we're not good enough, or perhaps this could even be an interpersonal one when in conversation with someone else, we try to make ourselves 
lesser than because we don't want to, you know, take up too much space or, you know, intimidate them. Maybe we have some programming around what it means to, you know, take up space and be heard. And so instead of doing that, because perhaps we've internalized the idea that that is wrong, we don't allow ourselves to be heard. We make ourselves as small as possible and we really dim our our authenticity and our gifts. Another big one is fearful patterns and avoidance of certain experiences out of fear. Now, anytime I talk about fear, I don't want to imply that fear is a bad thing because it's a safety mechanism and it can protect us from all sorts of different experiences. It's kind of like our warning system, but it can kind of get out of whack and start to take over in a way that is unhealthy. And what I mean by that is if we are afraid of having the experience of rejection, which, you know, depending on how we feel about rejection, we may feel that that's a bad thing, even though I oftentimes think it's more of a redirection. But anyways, if we're operating from a place of trying to avoid rejection and that's our patterning, so we never allow ourselves to have new experiences, put ourselves out there, meet new people that can really limit us and keep us confined or even fear of embarrassment. I've talked before about that and, you know, not allowing ourselves to have new experiences because we're afraid of being seen trying. Another big one, and I've talked about this in a full episode, is self-sabotage. A lot of us have this pattern when we're outside of our comfort zone and when we are kind of in new territory, even if it's something that was intentional. So let's say we decided to try a new career path. We really long for that safety and that security of the familiar. And so we, even though it's it might not be where we want to be, we go back and retreat into our comfort zone and kind of self-sabotage any growth that we may have experienced. Another pattern, especially when we're out of our comfort zone, can be negative self-talk and, you know, the way that we speak to ourselves when we are trying something new. And it really does play a big role in the way that we show up. I had also mentioned when we were talking about anxiety, the pattern of avoidance and even procrastination. And then another common one that, you know, I've touched on before is the cycle of perfectionism and how we have this pattern of needing to be perfect in everything that we do and how that limits us and how that kind of cuts off our creativity. Then when it comes to interpersonal patterns and the way that we relate to others, a big theme for me is boundaries and the way that I kind of will surrender my boundaries especially with new people so for example in new jobs we're often presented with opportunities at the beginning to either set solid boundaries or kind of remain open I think a lot of the time we want to be seen as really good workers really good employees and we want to be rewarded and we want to be recognized and as a result we will kind of let go of some of those boundaries and for me it's just a pattern that I've really started to notice that when I'm trying to let's say impress someone or please someone I will often kind of be a little bit more flexible in a way that is not supportive of me with my boundaries now I'm not suggesting that rigidity is always the answer but there is a pattern of just constantly bending to other people and allowing them to kind of be in control of your boundaries rather than the other way around and so I find that 
when I'm presented with an opportunity to shift that, I have to be really mindful because there's a narrative that I have in my head about, you know, will this person still approve of me? Will they still like me if I set this boundary? And so it's really important for me to continue to practice setting that boundary and still feeling safe within myself. Along with that theme is suppressing or submitting to other people even when we don't agree or not saying how we feel again i find this really depends on the type of person and of course in some situations it might not be appropriate or perhaps we want to preserve our energy but i'm speaking specifically when we're presented with this opportunity to either stick up for ourselves or kind of submit and once again bend to that person that pattern i think over time can just really produce this effective kind of being walked all over and also an internal experience of perhaps being disappointed with not expressing how you feel so I think becoming aware of that pattern and shifting that has been really helpful for me another one of course people pleasing this is a big theme putting other people always above yourself in a way that is you know perhaps even a little bit unhealthy. A recent example of this for me was my partner and I will often dog sit and we had this dog that was just really not a good fit. He stayed overnight and you know was really aggressive towards our cat and overall just really not a good fit and of course the right thing to do would be to tell the person but my people-pleasing tendencies you know, kicked in and I felt really hesitant and I was like, oh, maybe we could, you know, make something work. And I was really scared to actually tell this person and let them down. And in that moment, I realized I was presented with that opportunity once again to go down the same pattern of people pleasing. I would probably end up being resentful down the line because I knew it wasn't a good fit. Or I could just have that one difficult conversation and start to work towards shifting out of that pattern. So those are just some examples of personal and interpersonal patterns that can impact our lives. And, you know, you may have your own. We all have different patterning and things that are impacting the outcomes of our lives. But ultimately, it can be really helpful to zoom out, look at these patterns, become aware of them, and decide for ourselves whether we want to keep repeating them. The last thing I'll share is a few tips that have helped me if you're looking specifically for tips for anxiety and being able to regulate your nervous system i would suggest checking out that episode in my program mindfulness for stress and anxiety i talk a little bit about different types of regulation techniques so you have these real-time techniques that can help you to interrupt the patterns in the moment so when you're starting to notice oh i'm behaving in this way i'm thinking in this way i need something that will help me get out of this or there's also those longer term shifts so what i said about that zoom out that we can do maybe after the fact after we've already noticed that we are operating in a certain pattern so when it comes to those real-time patterns i think the biggest one for me is just practicing mindfulness even becoming aware of my breath for a few seconds and just really centering in on something an anchor if you will that can take you out of this looping pattern and just bring you into your body for a minute or into your breath. You can become aware of the physical sensations in your body in relation to the experience that you're having. You can notice your breath. You can, you know, look at your thoughts. And there are some 
cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that you can use to de-escalate certain types of thinking or you know unravel certain types of thinking so that can be really helpful and supportive and then in terms of the longer term you know a practice that I've really connected to and this is in my other program authenticity roadmap is doing a little self audit is what I like to call it and essentially what this entails is just doing a bit of a deeper self-reflection on your life. I always like to do it according to whatever area of life I'm, you know, feeling that friction in. So whether that's career or relationships or my health and just kind of honing in on it and identifying some of the patternings that I'm noticing coming up and then just reflecting on how that might be impacting that area of my life, reflecting on the ways in which I am living in alignment with my core values and I'm feeling good and then perhaps some areas where I'm living out of alignment. I also like to document you know, just in the moment, maybe even on your iPhone notepad, times where I feel triggered or where I'm noticing these kind of old patterns coming up and just starting to, over time, pull out any themes and start to, once again, work through them. Perhaps there's some deeper healing that needs to be done and some therapy that needs to be done. And then just really seeing how I can begin to shift those patterns. So essentially looking at the areas of our lives that we feel out of alignment we feel some friction or maybe even unhappy and just identifying what the traditional pattern is in relation to that so for me for example i used to have a really hard time with relationships i found that i always gravitated towards a certain type of person and a certain type of relationship that was not healthy and being able to look at my patterning in relation to relationships noticing how from the beginning i was really not being myself I was not voicing my needs. I was allowing my boundaries to be a little bit too flexible. I was playing this hot and cold game. All of these kind of patterns that I realized were just putting me in these relationships that were not what I wanted and then being able to not repeat those patterns and just see what happened. And I could look at this as well in terms of my career and the ways in which I have settled into positions that I have been extremely unhappy with and out of alignment and, you know, what was at the root of that and that feeling of not having a high level of self-worth and not feeling like I was worthy of something that I could be really happy and content with. So, yeah, I think it's, it's really helpful for me and it's been really supportive for me to look at these patterns and to begin to shift them. As I said, I think it can be so powerful not only in the way that we feel and the way that we relate to other people, but also in the way that we manifest in the way that things show up and start to present themselves in our lives. So I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope that you enjoyed it. I would love to hear your thoughts and as always, thank you so much for all of the positive reviews. It's been so wonderful to feel this community begin to form and I really just want to continue to have these conversations as I go through things in real time and keep you updated and hopefully something has been helpful throughout this experience and yeah, I think I'll leave it at that for today. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will see you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.